Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. Today, we are going to be talking about mental health and its relation to (laughs) witchcraft. (laughs) As a fun fact, this episode has also been sponsored by a mental health company. So you're going to be hearing me talk about that a little bit later, as well as again in some future episodes. But just wanted to give you a heads up. Also, as a not fun fact, I am just getting over COVID. COVID sucks, y'all. Wear your mask. Make sure you're vaccinated. Thankfully, I was completely vaccinated, so I'm good to go, and I am doing just fine. But if my voice is a little rough, <laughs> that's, that, that's why I got I have the residual cough. But the, with all that said, um, I also want to thank the Patreon members before we start this episode for helping to submit questions. Thank you guys so much. Um, this episode format is going to be going through a list of questions. And yeah, definitely appreciate your input. So to help with the discussion of this episode, I do have on a special guest, Flynn. So thank you, Flynn, so much for coming on. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, guys. Uh, My name is Flynn. I I am a first-degree gardenarian. I have been practicing witchcraft since I was about 13 years old. I'm 30 now, for context. Um, I have also been dealing with mental health issues since I was around that age and have a a family that has a strong history with it. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I never thought that I would be on the podcast because I don't like the sound of my own voice, but this topic is, uh, is really important to me and I'm excited to be here for the discussion today. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Flynn, for coming on and agreeing to do this podcast with me and also willing to be um, open and and share your experiences and your input. Uh, Definitely appreciate it. So before we begin, I just want to state that neither Flynn nor myself are licensed professionals. We do not work in mental health. We are not licensed in this. I do have an academic background in the form of a graduate degree in clinical psychology that I have a little bit of knowledge on but I am not a licensed professional and neither is Flynn. The things that we discuss and the advice that we are giving on this episode is just purely our opinion and our thoughts based on our own experiences as well as some input from some friends we spoke to prior to recording this episode. And yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Um, We're not professionals. We don't claim to be professionals. uh, And if you need to speak to professional, there is going to be some information about that a little bit later on in the episode. Cool. So the very first question that was proposed to us about this topic was, can you practice witchcraft if you were neurodivergent? And this is actually a question I saw recently on a forum or for a while, I'm showing my age on, on a Facebook group um, as well. I've just seen it sporadically posted in other groups as well. And the answer to this is yes, absolutely. <laughs> there, If you are neurodivergent, you can absolutely practice witchcraft. That's not a problem. 100%. I've met a bunch of people that are neurodivergent that are also really, really skilled witches. Uh, you can find a way to do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, that's all we have for that question. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, so the next question we got was, why are people with mental health problems attracted to witchcraft and what's the appeal? 
Flynn, do you want to start or you want me to take this one? No, I can take this one. It, there is an uh, attraction that everybody has to taking control in your life. And witchcraft is a real way to do that. So it it is no surprise to me that people that have struggled with mental health in their life are looking for a way to figure out how to control it. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I, pr- I pretty much thought the same thing, you know, mental health is definitely or can definitely be a difficult path to uh, manage. And there's absolutely an appeal to engage in a practice that can assist with taking back some of the control of yourself and your surroundings. Not only that, but, you know, there's also the other obvious reasons why people with mental health problems are attracted to witchcraft. And that is the same reasons why people who are not neurodivergent are also attracted to witchcraft. You know, I think just generally for most people coming into this, there is that desire of the control over your life. And there's also this potential of wanting to engage in a spiritual or religious practice, if that's your lens on it. So I think that regardless if you have any mental health that you're working with or working through, or if you don't, I think people are attracted to it for pretty much the same reasons. Um, I don't necessarily see that there is a strong divide between somebody with any mental health issues that they may be working through versus somebody who doesn't. I, I think it's very fair to to say that I have met very few witches in my my life that have not struggled with mental health at some point in their life. I think everybody deals with it at some point and it's completely natural and you can be a great witch even if you struggle sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, there's actually something to mention about that with, uh, you know, COVID uh, the last couple of years. And when the isolation first started, people were starting to get depressed. They couldn't go outside. They couldn't, you know, go visit family members. They couldn't go to the store without some sort of fear for a a bit. And uh, I found that there was a lot of people who started coming into their spirituality, getting involved in witchcraft, um, being interested in this topic. So it's definitely something to note that, yeah, this is mental health is also something, as you mentioned, Flynn, that anybody may have to go through, whether that is a mental health um, illness or a a disorder or even normal everyday things like grief from the death of a, a loved one. This is something normal that people have to go through all the time. And nobody's necessarily immune to having to go through mental health challenges. So something to keep in mind. Absolutely. There was a huge, huge upshift in the interest of witchcraft during the pandemic. And I think a lot of it came from from fear, uh, but also just from having the time to be able to to do the thing. Sometimes with work and with, you know, kids and family responsibilities, it's it's hard to find the time. And COVID definitely gave us time to be able to explore our interest. Yeah, I remember when the pandemic first started, I I think I recorded like two to three episodes all in one week and I posted them pretty close to each other. And I remember even saying one of the episodes of I have so much time now, like, look at all these episodes I just recorded and posted all together. You know, through the pandemic, I then eventually found things to fill my time. But uh, (laughs) yeah, it was uh, definitely, definitely something. It was nice. And I remember talking to a lot of my friends in the community that I felt so happy that I was involved in a coven, I was involved in a tradition, that I had the spirituality to 
kind of lean back on to talk to people during the pandemic. I think it really helped me out a lot. And yeah, I just felt really lucky to have something to kind of retreat to when isolation nights were very long and lonely. Yeah, I mean, I found the Gardnerian tradition in the pandemic. I, I don't know if I would have been able to do that or I would have had the mental capacity to be able to do that with how busy life gets beforehand. It really gave me an opportunity and I'm so thankful for it. One of the things that Flynn and I wanted to discuss about uh, mental health and the craft is having stability. So if somebody is interested in getting involved in witchcraft, whether just getting in, involved in the magic side of it, or maybe they want to look into paganism or something of that nature, it's really important to have stability in your life. Witchcraft can and will cause changes in your life. And, you know, that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> so make sure that you have the room to be able to handle it. And it's also tricky because witchcraft and magic can be very unpredictable. And let's say, you know, I know a lot of people who have been in the craft and uh, or just got involved in the craft. And as soon as shits are getting real, they left it. Um, I might touch upon this a little bit later with one of the other questions that were asked. But stuff like this happens. You know, you get involved in witchcraft. Things start changing in your life for the better. But sometimes those changes are hard to have to kind of go through. And you know, this isn't woo-woo stuff. It's, it's it's very real. And magic and the craft can alter your life. And it's really important to make sure that you're ready for it. Make sure that you are stable and grounded. Because when shit starts hitting the fan, um, you got to make sure that you have the mental capacity and the mental load to be able to get through it. Definitely. I think that this is probably one of the more important uh, parts that we're going to speak about today. Um, and I think it's also one of the harder things to achieve. However, if you go into anything in life with a strong foundation backing you, when things get a little hairy or they get a little bit challenging, you will have a stronger sense to be able to deal with it going forward. Yeah, for sure. So the the next point that we really wanted to bring up, and it goes into making sure that you do have that stable background, is making sure that you're taking your meds if you need them. If they are recommended to you, it's very, very important that you take them because they will help you maintain the levels in your brain that you need to be able to function. Uh, medication can be very uncomfortable. Uh, speaking from my own personal experience, I have gone through several different medications for both anxiety and for depression, and not all of them have worked out. And it's it's a trial and error process through, you know, talking to your doctor and going through what you're feeling. But it's a worthwhile one to go through because they really can help you get into a, a more secure mindset before you start messing with the big energies of the world. Take your meds. Take your meds. Take your meds. It's it's only going to help you in the long run. And I, I, I also truly I, I want to make sure that people understand that it is a process. Finding the right medications for you is not going to look the same as it might for your best friend experiencing some of the some similar things that you have gone through. 
Um, I, you know, I'm going to make the decision today to not mention any of the drug names that I have been on because I want people to understand that if it didn't work for me, that does not mean it is not going to be a miracle for you. First of all, I do want to really echo what Flynn said. Please take your meds. I, I've seen people online saying things that they don't want to take their medication because they feel like it stunts their ability to practice their spirituality. And, you know, if there is a point where you feel that your meds are interfering and making you a zombie, please talk to your doctor. That is something that you shouldn't take yourself off the pills. You should absolutely talk to your medical team first before you do that. Do not go off your meds without a medical professional's recommendation. Some of these meds can cause serious, serious withdrawal symptoms that will make everything worse. Mm -hmm. If you want to taper off a medication, talk to your medical professional, please. It will help you in the long run. Exactly. Yes. Please, please don't take yourself off your meds. So, you know, when I see people having these posts about, oh, well, I'm going to stop taking them because I, I, it's stunting me. Please don't do that. Please take your meds. If you don't like them, talk to your doctor about something else. Please continue to take your medication. It's there for you. It's prescribed for you. It's there to help. So we're very much stressing. If you need medication, please, please take it. But yes, take your medication. Um, with your medication, I do want to mention that there are people who, you know, you're involved in witchcraft, so you might be interested in using different substances. Like, you know, maybe you smoke weed in part of your practice. Maybe you want to use a flying ointment or drink or use mugwort. Make sure that if you are trying to do this, that you are checking with your medical provider, your healthcare team, your pharmacist, whoever you have to talk to about this to ensure that there's no interactions between what medication you are on and what you are trying to use in your craft. So that way that you're using this safely. Now, use at your own discretion, but remember we're not responsible for your use and you can always take more, but you can never take less. Um, you know, and with this said, you don't have to tell your doctor that, hey, like, hey, I'm doing a ritual or a spell and like, oh, you know, I wanna do blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you think? Your doctor's probably gonna kinda side eye you if you say that. You don't have to approach it like that. What I'm saying is you can go up to them and be like, hey, you know, I saw some mugwort tea at the store, which you can actually buy at a grocery store. <laughs> and, um, you know, ask them like, hey, is it safe to use with my current medication? Um, if it is, like, is there any dosage that you would recommend? I'd be really impressed if your doctor knew right off the bat what dosage of mugwort is safe for you. <laughs> but um, it's just something to think about. If you are on medications, there could be interactions. I know there's meds out there. I don't know about mental health meds, but there's something meds that like grapefruit juice interacts with it, you know? So it's not uncommon or unlikely to think about how there's potentially a med that can interact with, um, or that there's an herb out there that can interact with your medication. And if you are going to be consuming it in some form, whether that's putting it in a flying ointment, whether that's burning it and inhaling the fumes of it, whether that's just eating it, um, please talk to your doctor. Definitely, definitely, definitely talk to your doctor. Also, if you are using these substances, remember smaller doses are better you can always take more just like ashley said you can always take more but you can never take less and you don't ever want to be in that situation where you are thinking that because you have taken too much and you can't go back <laughs> and you also just don't want to enter circle sloppy <laughs> yeah that too okay so one thing that got brought up and this was a heavy question that flynn and i really talked back and forth with and we actually ended up um 
engaging with some of our friends to kind of get their thoughts on this is in terms or related to auditory and visual hallucinations and how to differentiate between spiritual connections and your mental health. Overall, what was kind of the consensus was that first off, make sure you're taking your meds. Again, we're going to keep stressing that. The second thing is feel comfortable to talk to your therapist. The third thing is have stability and be grounded as much as you possibly can. And the fourth thing that kind of came up was that you might have to trust your own instincts of what you think is a spiritual, you know, sign or vision or hallucination or auditory sound or what have you versus something that is related to potentially a mental illness or um, anything like that. Um, this was a really hard question to think about. Um, I think it comes down to making sure that you are grounded and stable and that you have to be the one to make that differentiation. But then that's also difficult because if you are having these hallucinations, then it's hard sometimes to know what is, you know, grounded in reality versus, you know, in your mind versus a spiritual connection. Um, yeah. Yeah. Flynn, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. This was this was probably the biggest question we we came across yesterday when we were trying to prepare for this episode, and I was thinking about it mo throughout all of last night, to be honest, because I really want to make sure that what I say does justice, but I also don't want anybody to think that I am an expert on this subject. I would say the biggest thing is if you are dealing with these hallucinations it goes back to being stable, having a good support system behind you, taking your meds, and, and trusting in your own craft. I think, you know, one of our friends had mentioned, well, if it's causing you negative things, stay away from it. If it's causing positive effects, go towards it. Sometimes when we are dealing with spiritual matters, even if you are having a true connection with deity or with spirit, it may not always be a positive thing, even if it is a very real thing. Use your best judgment and do not be afraid to communicate with the support system you have around you. That, that, I think, is the biggest thing that I've taken away from this question without being a you know, a, a therapist myself without being an expert. Yeah. As Flynn said, one of our friends mentioned, you know, if it's good, it's, if it's a good thing, then that's fine. But if it's a bad thing, you know, it's probably mental health related. And I don't necessarily agree with that because people can have hallucinations from some sort of mental disorder and they could be positive. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a spiritual thing. Uh, so I, I think that this comes down to exactly what Flynn was saying, you know, make sure you have a good, stable support system around yourself and don't be afraid to talk to your therapist um, to make sure that you are, you know, doing everything that you need to do. Uh, but yeah, there is a fine line between auditory and visual hallucinations versus spiritual connections. And yeah, it's it's a hard one. It was a hard one to tackle. So if anybody has any input of you know, any suggestions of how they would tackle this, please feel free to let us know. Yeah, 
it was, it was a hard question. The thing that I kept coming back to last night when I was thinking about it on my own is there have been experiences that I have had while while performing witchcraft that could be considered a hallucination of some form, whether it's a smell that I've gotten or a sound that I've heard or something that I've seen. So I, I can... I, I can only imagine how difficult it is for somebody who experiences these type of visual or auditory hallucinations, hallucinations, (laughs) maybe edit that out. (laughs) No, no, we got to keep that. (laughs) Hallucinations. I can only imagine how hard it is to distinguish those. Trust yourself. Trust your support system. That's, that's the best advice that I have. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point because, you know, I've I've definitely seen things in circle, I've smelled things in circle, I've felt things in circle that are not necessarily there, but they are there. Yeah. And and um you know, I, I'm not diagnosed with any sort of mental disorders. So my view in that is that it's all a spiritual thing, but I will admit that I have I have had these types of hallucinations through um witchcraft and i mean i i don't know if i would necessarily call it a hallucination because there's also been times that other people have seen the exact same thing i've seen and it didn't make any sense um uh it, it just a spiritual experience and yeah it, there was a lot to chew on with this uh yeah <laughs> that's, that's all i got for this one uh that that was a question that definitely stumped us reach out please i i reach out i anybody experiencing these things if you feel comfortable to share how you've navigated your experience i this question has my curiosity peaked so please reach out yeah me too i i'm definitely open to any dialogue about this um and hearing what people who may have to go through this um what what your input is i I would love to know all right well with that question in we're going to move to the next one (laughs) this isn't necessarily a question but this was something that was just brought up um this is related to um, medication but this is also related to mental health and this kind of now veers more on the topic of addiction and with this it's the topic of you know there's a lot of wine in the craft. There is wine, there's mead, there's ale, there are social events that have alcohol at them. And, you know, there, make sure that if you have any addiction issues with alcohol, if you are an alcoholic or maybe alcoholism runs in your family, or that's something that you try away from, please talk to the people around you, talk to your coven mates, talk to the people in your outer court, talk to whoever it is who maybe supplying the alcohol and let them know that this is something that you may need to disengage from um, in the sense of disengaging in the sense of maybe not partaking in, you know, drinking wine and ask if there's alternatives. Any good group that you're with is going to absolutely have an alternative for you and they're not going to question it. Also make sure you're not mixing any medications with alcohol. This concludes even a single glass of wine in circle. If you have meds that you are not supposed to be drinking on, please don't drink on them. Grape juice is okay, people. P- 
put it in your chalice and drink it. You know, it's it's okay to use in circle. There is a lot of wine and alcohol in the craft, but if you are suffering through any addiction, whether it be alcoholism or it be to drugs or I I mean you could be addicted to sex and it cause problems for you in your everyday life talk to the people that you are working with talk to your coven talk to your hp talk to your hps explain to them just don't feel shame for it it is okay to put grape juice in your glass and you you libate with that grape juice is okay i cannot say it enough it's also okay just to kiss the cup if there's like a glass of wine coming around that everybody's supposed to take a sip from Feel free to kiss the cup, hold it up to, you know, the gods or whoever you're doing your your circle for. If you are interested in something that's fermented, you can also use things like um, kombucha. I think there is technically alcohol in kombucha, but it's it's very, very minimal. I think you'd have to drink a lot of kombucha for anything to happen. Also, fun fact, black tea. The leaves are fermented, so you can technically just make some tea. The other thing that I want to make very clear is just be aware of what your triggers are. Not everybody can kiss the cup because if they smell that alcohol, it will trigger them and it will make them want to drink it. Just be very, very cautious of your own triggers when it comes to addiction. There is nothing more important than your sobriety if you are dealing with a true addiction and anybody who cares and loves you will respect that. So our next topic that we thought it was very important to bring up today was shadow work. What is it? In my personal opinion, it's a fancy word for owning your own shit and 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 going through the therapy process. You one of the biggest things that I want to say about shadow work is everybody thinks that it's something that you do alone in a circle by yourself and it is not. You do not need to go into this alone. Talk to your therapist. If you don't feel comfortable mentioning the witchcraft aspect of it, I totally understand that. But shadow work is more than what you're doing in ritual. It's more than what you're doing in in a, a craft environment. It is absolutely... You looking at things like if you were in a toxic relationship and owning the fact that maybe you had a hand to play and it becoming a toxic environment. It is owning the the wrongdoings that you've done in your life, but talk to somebody, even if it's just a friend. If that's how it has to start, I definitely recommend going to a licensed professional, but you are not alone. Everybody has to do it at the end of the day. It's a part of the maturing process. You have people around you every day that are doing the same thing. Talk to somebody. Yeah. And, you know, there's this big emphasis on shadow work. And you can even go to the store, go online on Etsy or what have you and get shadow work journals or things like that. It's a big it's a big buzzword in the witchcraft community. And one of the questions that was submitted to us regarding this was, is there too much emphasis in the witchcraft community on shadow work or is this idea that we're all broken people who need to be fixed? And my answer to that is yes and no. So I think it's important for everyone to engage in self-reflection and personal growth, regardless if you're interested in witchcraft or not. No one is perfect. Not myself, not Flynn, no one. (laughs) There's this saying, and 
I know I've said it plenty of times before in the show that witchcraft will make you uncomfortable. And I've given, you know, fun examples of doing things like chanting for a ritual by yourself might make you feel awkward and, you know, just needing to push past that. But this could potentially be more on the surface level. Looking a little deeper into this, uncomfortability can go much deeper and can sometimes be seen by recognizing your own faults or traumas and working through them to better yourself. You know, cursing somebody is not going to cure your depression or anger. And sometimes that self-reflection at your core of why you want to be doing baneful magic against somebody is much harder to face as opposed to actually doing the spell. And that's why, you know, this quote unquote shadow work is important. And this is how witchcraft can be uncomfortable. You know, as I said, no one's perfect. Everyone has their own flaws, faults, and their own history. And that's okay. But that is also what the term shadow work refers to in the sense of recognizing, confronting, facing, and overcoming these aspects of ourselves that limit us and make it harder to be in tune with our higher selves. So that is my, que- my answer on that question. <laughs> it's definitely a buzzword. I think that it's important for everybody to do whether they're witchcraft or not. I think, as Flynn mentioned, we're all on, or we all should be reflecting on our own self-growth and witchcraft's going to make you uncomfortable. And sometimes they might speed up that process of self-growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the other things that we really wanted to bring up to you guys today was making sure that you're doing the mundane things before you're reaching out to magic. What this can look like is going to a trained professional and seeking help for the mental illness that you are dealing with instead of casting a spell over it. Wait, wait, can I make a funny joke? Sure. It's based on something you just said. Make sure you're seeking help before you're seeking witchcraft. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. Okay, please keep going. (laughs) Uh, I love this girl, but she stresses me out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Flynn, that sounds like you should seek some help instead of seeking witchcraft. Oh god, okay, okay, okay. I'm done with the puns. Please continue. I'm Monday sorry. before the magical. This is this really is. I know we're laughing and we're having fun, but this really is a big thing to stress. You see so many people out there, whether it be in a witchcraft group on Facebook or a, you know, a forum back in the day that will will jump to wanting a spell for finding a job or will jump to wanting to fix their relationship with magic instead of hitting the pavement and going out and putting in those applications every day or going to, you know, relationship therapy with their spouse. You have to do those things alongside of witchcraft. If you're not willing to put the work into the craft, which is the mundane part of it, It's not going to work out for you. You're going to be dissatisfied with the work that you've done magically. You have to hit the pavement. If you want that that high level job that's gonna pay you the big bucks, you have to you might have to go to school for it. You might have to go through a certification program for it. You might have to go through ten interviews and be told nine out of like nine out of ten times no. And then at that last one, you will get it. Do the mundane things before you seek magic, because if you're not putting the work in, it's just not going to work out for you. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head. If 
you are doing magic for a relationship, but then you never put yourself on a dating site or you never try to go out and meet people. Well, no one's going to just knock on your door and be like, hello, I'm here, ready to date you. Let's get married and have children. You know, (laughs) like you really got to put in the work before you do the magic. And sometimes it's hard for people to hear. And sometimes people get kind of discouraged because they're, you know, they might think that magic is this easy fix, but no, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of self-reflection. There's a lot of work that has to go into it. And you know, I, that's not to say that I haven't done spells that have worked without me having to do much at all. That's definitely been the case. But nine times out of 10, if you really want your spell to have some action and to actually have some impact and, and come in for, to fruition, you got you to gotta put some work in <laughs> on the mundane level too. Magic is not easy. You can't say that enough times. And if yeah. you think that it's easy, you need to dive in deeper and harder because it's not supposed to be easy. Magic will find the easiest route to have what you are aiming for happen, but you got to be able to allow for that route to take place. So we're coming up to about halfway through the episodes. We're going to roll our ad. And once we come back, we're going to be discussing some more of the magical things that you should either avoid or consider for your mental health, prepping your mental health for initiations and a couple other topics. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. All right, welcome back. So we're going to go ahead and pick back up with our next question. Flynn, take it away. All right. So our next thing that we want to ta- we want to start talking about the the magical side of mental health um, because there are things that you can do that will definitely help you. There are also things that you can do that are going to make your situation a lot worse. Um, for instance, one of the biggest things that I wanted to bring up today was divination. Uh, divination is a huge part of witchcraft it's a huge part of my practice um i recommend everybody start to explore it however if you have a history of anxiety do not fall into the trap that i used to fall into all the time where you would do some form of divination whether it's scrying or tarot cards or my recent most favorite tea leaves do not let the results of your divination stress you out to the point that you are feeling a constant stress from it. Things can change. Just because the cards tell you one day that something's going to happen does not mean your decision tomorrow will not change it. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. I think it's important to do divination before things such as spell work, for example. 
just to ensure that the spells you're going to be doing, you can kind of get a, a an idea of the outcome of them. But yeah, please don't overdo divination. There, and I want to stress that there's a difference between what we're talking about versus pulling a card per day just to kind of see how your day is going. You know, that's a normal thing that people do. But also, I think you need to recognize if yourself with yourself if that is actually even a good move for you. If you have very high anxiety, maybe pulling a card every day, you know, if you get the tower one day, you know, you never know what you're going to get. But maybe if your anxiety is very high one week, maybe that's the week you don't pull the card. And maybe that's the week you kind of, you know, calm down a little bit. And if you're finding that pulling these cards are your crutch to kind of get you through the week, you might want to reevaluate all of that because it's important to put your mental health first before anything else. Uh, absolutely. I do not let that, that once a day card control your life because it, it just doesn't have to do not stress yourself out about it. Please like respect divination is the biggest thing I can say is respect it as a good practice, but it does not mean everything's going to go to hell if you get a bad read one day. Exactly. The other thing is this was kind of mentioned before, but curses won't cure depression you know if you if you do baneful magic against another person or against something or whatever you're doing it towards you know it might make you feel better in the moment but perhaps but it's not going to cure what the core is of whatever issue you're having that's not to say that you shouldn't do baneful magic i think people are definitely free to do whatever they want but this is more of just to let people know that's harming something or harming somebody else is not going to cure any mental illness or anything that you are personally going through and just, you know, be cognizant of your actions. That's all I really have to say about that. Flynn, I'm not sure if you have anything to add. Just that, and you kind of already said it, but hurting somebody else is not, it's not going to help you. You know, there are definitely moments where baneful magic, I, I, I have decided that for me, they were the route to go. But they they didn't cure my depression. I was still just as anxious when I woke up the next day. They didn't solve the problems that were going on in my own head. They just influenced other people's actions. Yeah, and, and also there's a lot of times I find that sometimes magic used to bind or banish somebody is sometimes a little bit more useful in a situation versus cursing somebody. You know, if you have somebody in your life who is causing harm to the people around you, Instead of causing harm to them, sometimes doing something like sending them away is sometimes a better situation. This is not to say that every single time that's the best answer, but really that's something you have to determine on your own. Fairly often, it's the better decision to just send somebody away or remove their power over you. Mm -hmm. Hurting people... You, you really have to think long and hard. And, you know, I, I always suggest it before you do baneful magic, take a couple of days to really assess if that is the route you want to go on. You do some shadow work. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah, also a good yeah. time Own to do your some shit. shadow work. <laughs> Own your shit and see, see what's the real reason you want to be doing it. Now, I, again, I really want to stress that Flynn and I aren't saying never do painful magic. And we're not, you know, we don't know everybody's situation of why somebody would do this. So we can't speak generally for every single, every single thing. That's not what we're trying to do. This is more of to say, you know, own your shit, you know, maybe do some shadow work. There's the buzzword. And see 
if there's potentially a better option versus like a binding or sending away or as one said removing somebody's power over you yeah be careful be careful, be careful. guys be careful yep <laughs> <laughs> uh i also like this other point that we wrote down which is addiction don't use crystals talk to somebody for help um in our in our next thing that we're gonna bring up i am going to mention how i do think that crystals can be useful uh for mental health but but at the same time i you know if you look at alcohol addiction that is a chemistry reaction in your body you holding an amethyst is not going to cure that it is not going to remove the addiction understand mundane before magic <laughs> yes i'm not a big crystal person so i was really happy that flynn was gonna talk about that point because i don't know that much about crystals and i'm definitely not of the mindset of if i hold this citrine i'm suddenly gonna have a bunch of energy because let me tell you i bought citrine and put it in my pocket all day and i still felt tired as hell <laughs> so um <laughs> didn't work for me but you know what i'm not a crystal using witch and that's okay um just like i'm not an astrology witch and that's okay she's too. Everybody not an has astrology witch <laughs> nope. but flynn likes crystals so yeah this was as, as flynn said this was mostly to say you know if you were going through something like addiction or some sort of mental um mental thing then don't use crystals in place of therapy mundane that's really before magic mundane before magic please mundane before magic. they could be there if it helps you feel better if it helps you feel like you can you know grab something to support you that's completely fine no judgment on that but please look at the mundane before the magical so magical things that you can do to help you deal with your mental illnesses or you you're you're just your everyday struggles um crystals going back to crystals <laughs> yeah um so look i i like crystals i do not think that you are going to pick up a random rock and suddenly cure everything that's going on in your life however if you look at the the state of the world right now we are in a tiktok takeover and there That's are all TikTok of takeover. yeah but there are all of these these fidgets right out in the world these fidget toys whether it's the cubes or the poppets or all of these things what was the original fidget the worry stone which is typically a stone I don't like the smooth ones that have the thumb indent. I think that they feel a little bit too manufactured for me. I like my favorite stone to use for my fidget is one that I, I traded a friend for. And it just has this one really smooth side on it. And I find that when I'm meditating or I'm getting nervous or like, for instance, I was a nail biter for 27 years. I have not bit my nails in several years, and it's mostly because I've switched to a a fidget of some of, of some type. I like stones. I just feel like they feel pretty in my hands. I like the 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 rough edges. I like the smooth edges, but they really help you distract your mind from moving so fast, and they can help calm it down. Also, just to bring up some of the uh, associations with some with some stones, amethyst is a stone that they say really helps you with addiction. 
I don't personally think that a crystal is going to help you with addiction, but if you put that power into it, I don't feel it's any different than making a talisman or a sigil, in my experience at least. Citrine, for me, has always been a money stone. She, you know, she mentioned it as a charging stone. It's never been that for me, but that's because I'm not putting that into it. There are several other stones, like for instance, Labradorite. I I see referenced all the time as a stone that can help you with smoking addictions. As a smoker, I don't know that I find that to be true. Yeah, I was going to um, ask, how'd that go for you? Yeah, but <laughs> it, if it works for you, it works for you. It it really, with crystals, it depends on what you're putting into it. I, I genuinely think that crystals are, are basically a sigil that you create for yourself. Um, That's an interesting way of looking at it. They're just a pretty rock that you can do. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but um, I will say, personally... I would say stay away from the manufactured crystals. Uh, It means something more for me to know that they were mined. I would also say try and find stones that are mined ethically because a lot are not. You know, blood diamond is a big term and it's 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 a real industry and it's it's dangerous for a lot of people and you don't necessarily want to be supporting that. But pick up a stone, pick up a rock. If it helps, it helps. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But really focus on the fidget aspect of it. That That is what has truly helped me. Having that smooth surface to just kind of rub. I'm not sticking my dirty nails in my mouth anymore, if that makes sense. Like, it, it helps. Yeah, and if you are also really into crystals, you can get one that has the different properties that, you know, Flynn mentioned that, I don't know, can if, if it helps you, it helps you. And that's great. So the other thing that people can do magically for mental health, I don't even know if I want to say this is magical, but uh, it's used in a lot of magical practices, but meditation. But also I want to bring up, I know that people have sometimes commented on um, meditation being hard to do when it's hard to focus. You know, maybe you have ADHD or some sort of hyperactivity type or anxiety uh, thing going on in your head. And, you know, I just want to say meditation doesn't have to look like you're sitting on the floor. I I thought about this long and hard yesterday to try and determine whether or not this was something that I wanted to bring up on this podcast, but I think that it really fits in here. And I also think that it's important for everybody to understand that no matter what you go through, you don't have to have any shame about it. So I will speak to this so other people can hopefully know that it's okay. Meditation was very hard for me. You know, as I said in my introduction, I had started with witchcraft uh, when I was about 13 years old. um, And it wasn't until about five, six years ago that it really actually clicked. I, I, you know, life hit hard and I made a suicide attempt and I ended up in a inpatient program for a little under three weeks. And it wasn't, the program didn't really start helping me until I had this one group therapy session about, I think it was four days in, where uh, one of the RNs brought in a harp, like a full grand harp, like like big, heavy, beautiful instrument, like respect, (laughs) you know, crazy respect. 
And it was like four or five of us sitting around in this group therapy environment. And she just wanted us to sit around and meditate while she played the harp. So when I think of the harp, like even a grand harp, like this big, beautiful, like intimidating instrument, I'm thinking these angelic sounds. I'm thinking these like light, soft tones. And it wasn't that. Every time she would strum this instrument, I could feel the vibrations from the music throughout my entire body. And it really created this environment where for the first time in several days, because obviously if you make a suicide attempt, your life is going pretty crazy. It might be going real fast. Things are pretty chaotic, right? Up until that point. It was the first time for me I was able to slow down enough to be content in my own body and actually be able to process things. And it was this vibration. And when I got out of the inpatient program, I learned that music is not only the biggest thing that helps me get into a ritual mindset, but it is also the key for me to be able to meditate successfully. So it's one of these things where like my own mental health struggle helped make me a better witch because I was able to find things uh, like recently for my initiation, I was gifted this little shaker. All it is, is this big, heavy thing that I hold in my arm and I can shake it. And I think it has a couple of pieces of rice or maybe some dried beans in it, but it's a repetitive motion and I can shake it while I'm trying to meditate. And the repetitive motion of shaking it up and down, as well as the, the light sound that I create as I'm doing it really helps me get to a point where I can focus. And then you think about how does that relate to my mundane life? And I'm like, well, music is my biggest influence. When I'm sad, I have certain songs that I go through. And it's it's kind of this whole idea in a chaotic way of the universal ohm, right? The universal sound that, that we tap into when we're trying to create magic. Um, so it, <laughs> meditation, it's when it's hard to focus... There's different ways to get into it. There are different ways that you can do it, uh, whether it be like singing bowls, if if you're like me, where, where music and those vibrations really help you get down there. Uh, mala beads, something where you are repeating emotion as well as repeating a, a chant over and over again. Uh, the worry stone again. Um, as well as yoga, tai chi, but I, I'm not good at any of that, so I can't really speak to it. First, I want to say, Flynn, thank you so much for sharing your story uh, with the listeners. Um, you know, I, I'm really glad that you're here. And um, <laughs> also just want to put out there if there's any listeners who have gone through a similar situation or story or have had any of those similar struggles, just know we're happy to have you here. We want you here. And, um, you know, please feel free to reach out to any professionals or just any support system in your life if need be. Um, we want you here and we're happy that you're here. Yep. Everybody has at least one person on this earth that loves them wholeheartedly. Everybody. 
or at least one person they could talk to. Even if that's just the gas station attendant you see every morning getting your coffee on the way to work. Um, Hi, sure my name's Flynn. <laughs> I work at a gas station. I'm at gas station management. <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever in a situation like that, please reach out to somebody. Know that there are options for you out there and that we're happy to have you here. Um, yes. Uh, Okay, that being said, yes, yeah, so, so Flynn, Flynn really did hit the nail on the head with this one. Meditation, if it's hard to focus, if you are going through a lot, it doesn't have to look like you're sitting on the floor. As he mentioned, there are singing bowls and things you could do. You know, I like guided meditations. Um, that's how I started getting into meditation because I hated the idea of meditation. I was like, I don't want to sit on the floor for 20 minutes just listening to nothing and trying to clear my mind. That sounds so boring. And they're everywhere now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're everywhere. I, I actually made one. Um, if you haven't heard it in the podcast, it's one, <laughs> it's one of my beginning episodes. So please take a listen to it. Um, I think it's literally called a guided meditation or guided path working. There's also Lucette on, um, I think her, her pockets either, either my Wiccan life. Yeah. I think it's my Wiccan life. Um, she does amazing path workings as well. Um, or you can go on YouTube. There are path workings all over the place. And if you're not sure what a path working is, it's or slash guided meditation. Um, there's a little bit of a difference, but like they're pretty much used interchangeably nowadays. It's essentially where you are in a meditation. So, you know, you're lying down, you're sitting down, you're whatever it is, but you are being guided through some sort of imagery or some sort of situation in your mind. And so instead of trying to clear your mind, you're kind of focusing on the words that are being said to you while you're falling into this meditative slash trance state. And that's really the goal that you want when you're meditating. I find that focused meditations are a lot easier than regular ones. I could do regular ones now, but it took me going through a bunch of guided meditations to get there. So just keep that in mind. That's definitely something you could do is listen to a guided meditation. And also, I'm just going to say this because this should be obvious, but just going to put it out there. Please don't do a guided meditation if you're driving or if, <laughs> or if you have to operate heavy machinery or, you know, if you are controlling, do this on your downtime when you're at home and you have nothing to do or with, you're with friends or something. Don't please don't do this while operating heavy machinery. Yeah, there's this big thing now <laughs> where people are doing these walking meditations and that scares me a little bit, uh, but stay on the sidewalk. <laughs> like, make sure and, you're on the sidewalk if you're doing that type of meditation yeah I mean it's okay to kind of like lose yourself you know in nature and stuff but also make sure you don't get lost in the woods um, there's a there's a fine line there I know that there was one book that recommended for somebody to practice trancing out by through highway hypnosis which is when you're driving your car and you kind of just like zone out and then next thing you know you're back home don't um, do that. I, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, when I saw that was a recommendation, I was like, mm, this seems very unsafe. Please don't uh -uh. do this. I don't, yeah. I... Um, that is one way that people get into trance-like states without realizing it. Please, yeah, but that's please, dangerous. Please do like, that's just pull dangerous. over, drink a cup of coffee, you know, down a Call rebel, someone. Like, something. Call, uh, talk to somebody, you know. It's just, yeah, don't don't try to trance out on the highway, guys. That's, uh, that's not safe. Um... Okay. Um, another thing you can do for your mental health. So if you need help rebalancing yourself, um, grounding is a huge thing. Uh, you know, this is when you can sit on the floor, you could do like the tree root grounding. I do have an episode with Angela Z. I think it's called like consecrations and 
cleansings. Wow, I'm horrible. I need to <laughs> I need to remember the title of it. But she talks about some grounding uh, examples in there, which is really great. And I'll put the title of that in the bio for this episode. But as we have said a couple of times, mundane before magical, you know, take a shower, brush your teeth, brush your hair, you know, put on a nice smelling lotion, maybe spray a spritz of perfume or cologne or body spray, something, maybe just get one of those little, little face mister things. Um, sometimes just being grounded in the moment and doing these little personal care things could really change your entire mood around. And if you're thinking, well, that's not really a magical thing. Well, we could take it a, a step further. You could take a bath, put oils in there that you've made, put salt, crystals, incense, candles, flowers, have a glass of wine if it's, you know, a feasible thing for you to do. Make it an intention. Um, I know that's also another buzzword in the witchcraft community, <laughs> you know, that the intention is everything. Is it though? That's like, sorry. That's a, that's, that's, a, a that's a whole episode. That's a whole, that's another episode. I'm sorry. I keep referencing other episodes. <laughs> that one, if you're interested about intention, there's an episode I have called is intention really everything. But, but anywho, uh, my whole point is you can take a bath from like just laying in water with a little bit of bubble bath into something more and you can make it into a much more magical experience. One of the things that I like to bring up when people start talking about grounding just in general is staying hydrated. You know, a lot of times people, when they reference grounding at the end of a ritual or at the end of spell work or or just trying to ground themselves day to day is that they will eat something and fill their bellies. Stay hydrated, guys. I, for some reason, at least in my own experience, at the end of circle, at the end of a, of a spell or a meditation, the first thing I get hit with is just thirst. Drink a bottle of water, stay hydrated, and that really, really will help you stay grounded and in the moment. Yeah, and feel free to also have a water bottle with you if you are in a circle. Don't feel like because you have a Deer Park water bottle that it's not a magical item that can't be there with you. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I can't support Deer Park, but what? a That's bottle like, of water. What? What? Oh, don't tell me you're a Aquafina person. A what? Bonnie or Aquafina. Oh no, Dasani is just salt water. An aqua. No, no, I like the smart water actually. I mean, smart water is great, but Deer Park is like standard. We could do this out later. Today on Seeking Witchcraft, <laughs> where we disagree. Um. <laughs> Speaking deer park. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, dehydration is, you know, most people are dehydrated nowadays. Please drink water. Um, you know, if you're dehydrated, that can even contribute to things like a racing heart and drinking some water can help with that. Also, I've heard putting a tiny, tiny pinch of salt in your water can help. And when I say tiny, I mean real small. Like you can't taste it small. This is kind of knocking towards uh, or giving the ideas towards like um, Gatorade or, you know, drinks with electrolytes. The salt can help Pedialyte. your body. Yeah, Pedialyte. That's all it is. It's a salt packet. It's a big salt packet. I swear. <laughs> I, <love> <laughs> <laughs> I definitely I definitely drink Pedialyte uh, before I go to bed after I've been drinking all day. And I feel great the next day. Well, Yeah, it helps. As I get older, that that feeling great slowly disintegrates. Um, anywho, <laughs> so back to just more magical things people could use for their mental health. Another example we had were, you know, using affirmations or sigils in everyday life. I'm a big fan of using sigils all the time. So I've talked about how to do a sigil. If you, if you don't know what it is, a very short version of it is you could take a sentence of something that you want to happen 
and then you write it all out and you can do a couple things like remove the vowels, remove the repeating letters. You can like make a little chart and draw out like a symbol. There's even websites where they will draw the sigil for you. I don't recommend that. I think you should put the energy into making your own sigil. But essentially what you end up with are potentially a couple letters and then you can kind of put them together and, and make like a little symbol. I am a big fan of doing things like this. And you can put sigils on your body with lotion and then rub it in. You can trace them on yourself, on your computer, on your desk, on your phone, on your car. You could put them in post-it notes underneath things like your keyboard, behind your phone case. There's a lot of things that you could do with this. And I highly recommend it if you're into sigil magic. Personally, at the beginning of the pandemic, I, uh, and I don't recommend this. I did it under very careful guidelines in a very safe environment, but I don't recommend it. Um, I actually stick and poked a sigil on my right ankle, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic to try and help me through. And it's, I love it. I can see why you should not recommend that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Um, if you're interested in getting a sigil tattooed on your body, please go to professional. You yeah, know? <laughs> go to a professional. Go to Definitely professional. go to a professional. But yeah, no, it's it's just another way of putting it on your body. I would definitely, if you are making a sigil that you're going to be putting on your body in a permanent way, I would make it have some permanent intentions behind it. I wouldn't just use it for a single situation. Yeah. And another thing is if you are not necessarily into sigils, like making your own, you can also do things like elemental pentagrams. I used to do that all the time as well, where if I needed some of the energy of fire or water or air or of earth, I would draw that elemental pentagram either to invoke it or banish it either on my desk or on my person or whatever I needed help for just to kind of give me that strength. If you're not sure what those pentagrams look like, please feel free to Google them. You'll definitely have some things come up. It's just different ways of drawing the, the star. But that's another idea too, if you don't necessarily have the time for a sigil, um, knowing the evoking and the banishing for the elemental pentagrams could be very useful. Also a Sharpie and a ballpoint pen are are good alternatives to to what I did just just to put it out there that I am yes. not recommending again what I did yeah I'm, I'm not gonna support the idea of a stick and poke at home tattoo but uh there were you can careful get a regular things tattoo. done but okay <laughs> okay um before we move on to the next thing is there anything else you want to add about this topic Lynn no I th- I think that we we've kind of we've kind of hit the nail on the head just remember that that not everything works for every person and be patient perfect all right so one of the final questions we're coming up on is uh was submitted through the patreon discord as well and so this question says some initiatory experiences are said to make the initiate go mad either because they weren't ready or the experience was too much for them what advice do you have for those preparing for these experiences I have, I have two things I want to add about this. Also, if you are not getting involved with an initiatory thing, or if you're starting out, I want to say that the second part of what I have to say might not necessarily fit, but I I want to say that overall, I think that the majority of my answer should apply to anybody going through some sort of spiritual development either way. And so my first thing is prepare yourself for the unknown. If you have any feelings of uncertainty of what you're going to do, or if you have any red flags that you have noticed, please listen to your gut and know that there is definitely a difference between being nervous of new initiatory or just overall spiritual experiences 
am being nervous because something feels wrong. Pay attention to which one it is and trust yourself to know what's best for you. Also, for those who may have the quote unquote Catholic guilt, that is another thing that you need to try to learn the difference between. Because when I came into this, you know, when I first got involved in witchcraft, I definitely had that Catholic guilt. And sometimes, you know, I remember I did a spell once and then I had this feeling I was like, no, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And I was freaking out about it. And I had to be like, wait, no, let me take a step back and realize my previous religion that I have no ties to, no, no, nothing uh, related to is still affecting me. And I had to work through that. So that's also a thing. Know the difference between being nervous of something new versus being nervous because something feels wrong and also knowing if you have any things in your past that may influence your thinking that you might want to work through. So for me, it was Catholic guilt. The second thing I want to say, and this is twofold, your initiators should have your best interests at heart. And please talk to them if you're unsure. However, regardless of what your initiators may think or want for you to do, you are the one who needs to make the final decision for yourself if you want to go through with something. Granted, this is if initiation had been offered by them um, in the first place. (laughs) They make the decision if they want to initiate you, and then you make the decision from there if you want to go through with it. They should have your best interests at heart, but you are the one who actually has to make that final call for yourself. Don't feel bad about hurting somebody's feelings. If you have any red flags at all, either discuss it with them or, you know, see, maybe discuss it with somebody who you've been training with or a trusted friend to the extent that you're able to discuss something. So that's kind of my two things on this. When I don't know if you have anything you want to add to this or, or speak on. Uh, you know, I'm I'm newly initiated into a tradition, so I'm not going to say that I'm an expert here. However, I will say, you know, with, I think when you are dealing with an initiatory experience, you, you're being initiated into something that's unknown, and it can be very scary. It, sh- it shouldn't be, but it, it can be. Open communication, just as Ashley has said, as well as being... <clears throat> make sure that you are in a stable environment because things are going to change for you. Things are going to happen that are very good. Things are going to happen that are questionable. Things are going to happen that make you question your own beliefs, your own thoughts. That's okay. It's a part of growth, but make sure that you have, going back to the beginning of the podcast, to make sure that you have that stability in your life before making the decision to do it. Witchcraft is not comfortable. Witchcraft is not comfortable. And again, I want to stress as I say this, every time I bring up this quote, we're not talking about witchcraft makes you uncomfortable in terms of like a sexual thing. Absolutely not. That's not what we're talking about at all. That should never be the case. Never. We're talking strictly in the form of witchcraft can make you uncomfortable because, you know, shadow work, you have to confront your own shit sometimes and that can make people uncomfortable. Oh, that's what I had uh, mentioned actually earlier in the episode. I said I might touch upon this a little bit more and I'm going to get into it uh, again. So I knew of somebody who was involved in an outer court for the entire year and a day and they loved it. They had a great time. And as soon as they got initiated within a couple weeks, a couple meetings, like no more than like three or four meetings, they ended up leaving. It wasn't because they didn't like the tradition. It wasn't because they didn't like the people, but it was because they found that things were shifting in their life that were, 
things that they had to face. And they noticed that slowly through their entire seeking process, the things had kind of been building up. And I'm sorry, this is very vague. Um, but ultimately, they were, it came to a point where they had to confront some things and they weren't ready to do that. And they left the they left the tradition or they left seeking, I should say. I mean, they did get initiated into something, but they they left and their life went, quote unquote, back to normal. And that's a thing that happens. And I've heard of this story happening, yeah, happening more than once. This is not unknown because sometimes what is comfortable is not the best for you, but it's it's where you want to be because it's warm and it's comfortable and you know it. And like, it's not the greatest, but like, it's it's what you know. And you know, personal growth, it, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Sometimes it's its fighting through the storm, you know, to get to the other side. As it turns out, maturing sucks. Yeah. Growing up sucks. It's a, it's yeah. a trap. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is all to say that witchcraft can make you uncomfortable. Make sure, as Flynn said, and as I've said as well, that you were in a stable situation. Um, make sure that you feel that if shit hits the fan, that you have a support system around yourself, whether that is a loved one or maybe a coven or high priest and high priestess or somebody, if you need so, or like a trained professional who's there can, who can help you if you need it. Yeah. Make sure you are stable and ground. Make sure you ground. <laughs> and stay hydrated. I can't say it enough. Stay hydrated. Drink water. Right now. Go get some water. <laughs> it really helps every aspect of your life. It's crazy. But but drink water. That's what Flynn says. <laughs> drink water. You know, I feel like Flynn and a lot of my friends might actually tell me to drink less water because I drink a lot of water. And then my friends have to deal with it. I just don't want to hear about how often you drink water. That's all I it drink, is. I drink water all the time. I, I know. Water. And I hear about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Big water drinker over here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, just to wrap up the episode overall, I think it's really important. You know, if you are going through some mental health struggles, if you have some sort of diagnosis, if you are um, neurodivergent. I've also recently heard the term neurospicy, and I was like, I cool. also did too. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I was like, that's a cool term. <laughs> um, or, you know, if you are going through some temporary mental health struggles, maybe through, um, you know, just going through life events or, you know, what have you, have grace with yourself. You know, don't get frustrated. Witchcraft is not a race, this is a journey. It could be a lifelong journey taking a break from the craft is fine. It's not going to go anywhere. Please I've done don't... it several times. It's okay. It's okay. If you are in an outer court or if you are in the middle of a year and a day, or if you are just getting into the craft and you're really excited, but maybe everything around you is falling apart. Like maybe there's a divorce happening, you know, maybe you're moving, having a baby, you're going through the normal life stresses, even though some of these might be really fun, like having a baby or getting married and planning a wedding. That's a fun event, hopefully, um, but that's also still a stressor. Make sure that you are stable. If you need to take a break from the craft, it's still going to be there when you come back. Don't feel bad if you're in the middle of an out of court and you have to take a break because you need to handle your real life first. Witchcraft is great, but there are going to be other things in your life that you enjoy and that are going to take up a large amount of time, and that's okay. Focus on the other things that you love, too. And not for nothing, like hypothetically, let's say you're in an outer court, you're having a great time, but that you're also 
I don't know, in the middle of a divorce. And so like your mundane life is kind of falling apart at the moment or, or maybe not falling apart. Maybe you're just going through some stressors and maybe you don't want to leave an outer court because, you know, you really enjoy it. But think potentially if you find yourself in a situation like this, do you think that you being in an, an OC, an outer court at that time is the best time in your life? Or do you think that if you were to take a break, you might enjoy it a little bit more if your life isn't necessarily as stressful? Um, these are important questions to ask yourself, whether you're going through a stressful situation in your life or not. Overall, it's just to say, don't stress yourself out by forcing yourself to do something. And I've heard this, this quote, so I'm going to use or this term, but if you don't have the spoons for it, don't do it. It's what she said, guys. Honestly, if you if you, if you don't have it in you, don't do it. Focus on something else that you have the energy for, and it will help you when you come back to the craft. Uh, the craft does not have to be your entire life. I under <laughs> I recently understand where that is a hard distinction to make. However, enjoy everything else in your life as well. Exactly. Well, with that, my last part or piece of advice is remember to ground. <laughs> yep. Drink water. Uh, ground and drink water. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Flynn, for coming on. Before anything else, I'm going to spring this on you like I do everybody who comes on the podcast. What is one piece of advice you would give to a beginner? doesn't have to be related to what we talked about today. Don't hate yourself when you get things wrong. You're, you're not going to go into anything that actually means something to you and be perfect at it right away. So when you talk to somebody or you meet somebody that's more advanced in the craft than you and you, 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 you suddenly get self-conscious because you feel like an idiot because they know so much more than you, that's okay. Like th They were in your shoes at one point in their life as well. You know, uh, just just do the thing, ground, drink water, mundane before magic, and take your meds. It's a damn good answer. <laughs> damn good answer. Thank you, Flynn. <laughs> That's, and see, yeah. <laughs> I was happy you came on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, Flynn, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you and ask you some questions or talk to you about anything, how could they do that? Uh, the best way is FlynnGardner82 at gmail.com. Uh, Flynn is F-L-Y-N-N. Gardner is the normal spelling. And 82 is just because I used to be an AOL Instant Messenger kid. Uh, reach out to me. I'm not a, I'm not a professional. I, I do have like crisis numbers and stuff that I can, you know, have you reach out to. But do the thing. Enjoy your experience. If you're not enjoying it, trust your gut. Perfect. Okay, so if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at Seeking Witchcraft Podcast. There's also the Facebook group, which is Seeking Witchcraft. Or you can find me on Twitter at Seek Witchcraft or on Instagram at Seeking Witchcraft. There is a spam account that is impersonating me that's at Seeking Witchcraft with an underscore at the end. Please, if you have a chance, report them. If they message you, it's not me, I promise you. <laughs> so please, 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 if you can report them on Instagram again, they're at Seeking Witchcraft underscore. I'd really appreciate it. 
if you are interested in joining the Patreon to support the podcast, you could do so at patreon.com slash seekingwitchcraft. We have a Discord associated with the podcast uh, Patreon page, which is how we got most of our questions for today. So thanks again for the people on the Patreon who helped with us to put this episode together. And thank you to Flynn for coming on and talking about this topic and sharing your insights and your background. And yeah, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Take your meds, drink water, ground. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I, I I can't say it enough. Also, thank you, Ashley, for having me on. This is uh, this has been a much more pleasurable experience than I thought it was gonna be. I was really nervous <laughs> yesterday <laughs> when you asked me. Um, but no, this is this is really cool. And like I said, uh, Flynn Gardner eighty two at gmail dot com. If you do want to reach out, just understand I'm I'm not a healthcare professional. So I will try and do my best to give you resources if you do reach out. Um, but I, I think we covered a lot of good things today. And uh, I, I, I hope this podcast goes over well for people. All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.